You guys, sometimes we just really get in our own way, don't we? We ignore God's calling on our lives because we're fearful or because we just don't even know where to begin. I am so guilty of this. I am the type of person who shies away from things and won't jump in automatically because I deal with fear and anxiety and just not knowing where to start. And on today's episode, Dallas Woodburn is challenging us to stop overcomplicating our dreams and our goals. She shares about how we can be a blessing to others and help them when we stop looking inward and start focusing outward. We share about why having a small social media following is not as big of a deal as you think and how to create new habits in your life in order to pursue your dreams. Dallas shares practical steps you can take to stop procrastinating, fight that imposter syndrome you've been facing, and to get out of your own way. Dallas is an author and has been published multiple times in the famous book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, which I was so excited about because I really love that book. She is a writing coach and she leads conferences, festivals, and book fairs to encourage people to not allow rejection or fear to dictate their lives. She wants to help you today to stop hiding away and to begin living your life to the fullest. So let's dive in. Hey friends, we were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and super crazy, but when we do life together, we find that it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I love to dig deep and talk about the really raw things that people are not always comfortable discussing, and I'm also passionate about sharing practical tips that have helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. We will laugh together and struggle together. You will hear honest insights on strengthening your faith and your marriage, parenthood, how-tos, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I am Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. This is Lindsay, and today I am here with author Dallas Woodburn. Hi Dallas, how are you? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. I've been a blog reader of yours for a long time. And then when I saw that you started this podcast, I was oh. very excited and I've listened to all your episodes. I, I have, it feels exciting to talk with you. Like I feel a little bit like you're a celebrity. So oh my gosh, I'm definitely not. To be here. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to talk to you. So one of the things that I had to ask you as I read your bio and all of your information was that you were published in Chicken Soup for the Soul. And I can like very vividly remember when I was a teenager reading that book all of the time. It was probably the only like positive piece of literature that I had in my life. And so it was really impactful and important to me. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners have read them. But how did you get published in that? And what was your story about? I'm so glad you brought that up because I also love Chicken Soup for the Soul. And mm-hmm. I also remember reading Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul like over and over. Um, yes. And I just love their stories are so real and just really touch your heart. And so that is a great segue into if anyone listening to this episode loves to write themselves, Chicken Soup for the Soul is a wonderful opportunity to share your story with others and touch other people's lives. And on their website, if you just Google Chicken Soup for the Soul, 
um, they have this whole list of different books that they're planning to publish in the future, like different topics that they're looking for stories about. So that was how I got started was um, somehow I found their website. And at the time, they were looking for stories about high school, like teenage life. And, and I was in high school myself at the time. And so it just seemed like the perfect opportunity. I felt really called to write a story to share with that. And I just felt like it was such a long shot. I remember sending in my story (laughs) and thinking like, well, there's no way it's going to get chosen, but at least I'm trying. And um, yes. And my story was about going to prom with a friend as opposed to like going with a date that I, you know, had a crush on or someone that I was Mm. dating. Um, And just how that was a really meaningful experience just to go with a friend and how it didn't have to fit in with some of the maybe romantic comedy stereotypes that you see all that built up about prom. And so I was just so touched when they chose my story and really hopeful that maybe someone else read it and felt comforted or they recognize themselves in those words. And since then, I've actually published more than two dozen stories in different Chicken Soup for the Soul books. So it's been a really cool way to share my own experiences. I love that. And I love that story idea. I think that's really, I don't know, I think it's really cool to go against the social norms and to share that to allow people to not feel that pressure. Because I think especially a lot of young girls feel this overwhelming pressure to be asked. And if they're not asked, I remember for myself, like I almost always had a boyfriend around the time that dances happened for me, thankfully, because otherwise I was an anxious mess, always awaiting somebody to ask me. And it's just a silly cultural norm that has been created that isn't necessary. So I love that you shared that. That's really cool. And I love that you went for it because that is the biggest thing. And I'm always trying to reiterate that to people is that you never know unless you try. And so many magazines that have shared my work have only shared them because I sent them an email and said, hey, will you share this? And they said yes. And I thought it was a long shot as well. So good for you for doing that and for setting that example. Oh, thank you. I love that. And it was a great lesson to learn early on. So mm-hmm. I've definitely had lots of experiences you know, where I've gotten rejections or disappointments happen, but you never know if you don't try. And so remembering like you're saying, the things that did happen because you put yourself out there. It's really helpful when you're going through those times when you feel discouraged. Hmm. And so you mentioned you've written a lot of books, but a large part of your story as well is being a writing coach and working with people who are desiring to chase their dreams. And so that's kind of the route we're going with this conversation is just to encourage others in the pursuit of their goals because no matter where you are, whether you're in college or still in high school or you're a mom and you're at home and you're wanting to do something more, it is never too late to pursue that calling. And so what, Dallas, would you say are some of the main issues that you personally see which hold people back from going after what it is they want in life? Such a great question. And I love how I just feel like you're really drilling down to the root of it and sort of the just the essence of what so many people struggle with. And I struggle with this sometimes myself too. And I think a big part of it is having fear and having doubt. So being afraid that we won't be quote unquote successful, whatever we define success as to Mm -hmm. ourselves, 
feeling doubtful about our own abilities or um, sometimes I think people even are afraid that they will succeed and achieve their dreams because it might change their life in some way and they feel uncertain. They don't know what that will look like. Mm -hmm. And so um, a a lot of times what people, people tell me for reasons why they're not pursuing their dreams is just different excuses that I think are masked by that fear or doubt. So saying, oh, I don't have enough time or I don't know what other people are going to think of me if I do this. Um, I think that people will say those things, but really inside they have some larger fear that's holding them back. So a lot of what I do, I see myself as really just being like a mirror to reflect to the people that I work with what is really going on inside of them and helping them kind of dig down what are those fears? What are those doubts that are holding you back? And how can we work through those together so you can kind of clear out that mess that's stopping you from seeing those dreams that are truly in your heart and that are calling to you? And how can we kind of clear that out of the way to make it easier to pursue those? I love that you said as well that the expectations, that we're afraid of not meeting the expectations that we've placed on ourselves. And that's something that I really struggle with because I have ridiculous expectations of myself and so unachievable most of the time. But what I have learned and what I feel like God is teaching me is that nobody else knows what those expectations are or nobody else knows what that goal is that we're trying to achieve. So all that they see is that we're running for it, that we are listening to the calling that he has placed on our lives, that we're using the giftings that he has given to us. And there's nobody out there who knows what we're going for aside from us. And so we can release that pressure on our hearts and on our lives and know that it's not about other people. Like it's not about man. It's about what we're doing for God, what we're doing to listen to his calling and to use the passions inside of us to make the world a better place, to make his name known. And so, I don't know, it's really encouraging to me to realize that I am the only one who sees those things. And so I'm free from the pressure that that brings. I love that. Yeah, that's such a good tip. And it makes me think of, I've always loved this quote that I don't even know who it's attributed to, but I think I read it on a poster one time, but it said, <laughs> like, if you um, shoot for the moon, if you miss, at least you'll land among the stars. And I just thought that was so beautiful. You know, that that's idea so of you're aiming for something, but sometimes, at least in my life, I don't know about yours, Lindsay, but I will not achieve something that I was really striving for. But then actually what ended up happening, I I felt was so much better than what I thought I wanted. Um, You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. we make these plans for ourselves and it doesn't happen the way we wanted. And that's actually such a blessing. So I think also maybe reminding yourself of that, if anyone listening feels like there's a dream they have in their heart, but they're worried about what might happen, there's so much that you're not in control of. And so if, but if you have this calling in your heart to do something, it's such a waste not to at least try to go after that. And you just never know what path it will lead you towards. Yeah. And we've all been called to something. Like there is a calling, whether it is motherhood, it could totally be motherhood. And that is where your heart is. That is where your ministry is. And I am 100,000% supportive of that because that is such a high calling. Or it could be to write a book like Dallas, or it could be to start a podcast or to start a blog or whatever it is. I talk to so many people who come to me and they're like, 
a lot of people have told me I should start a blog. And my immediate response is, then that means you probably should because it means that people believe that you have something to say and something worth sharing. And so use that. We have such an opportunity with the platforms that we have been given and we should use them. And so Dallas, what would you say? How can we nurture and increase the confidence in ourselves instead of allowing that fear and that doubt to reign in our lives? Yes, that's another excellent question and something that I really struggle with or try to think about a lot because I also feel like a lot of people are struggling with this. And you touched on it with with what you were saying about using whatever that dream you have, using that platform you have to try to help other people. That's what it really comes down to for me. And when I'm working with people, I have them think about who do they imagine could be touched by what they are working on. So since I'm a Mm. writing coach, a book coach, the people I work with are all writing books, but the books they're writing vary a, a great deal. But everyone has some reader that they imagine in their mind that would be helped by what they have to share. And so when those doubts come up or those fears come up, instead of turning inward and and thinking about all those doubts and, and kind of like marinating in them and stewing over them, instead try to shift your gaze outward and just imagine these different people who would read your message, hear your story, and how it might impact their lives and how it might help them. And I think that can really quiet down those doubts. It kind of like sucks away their power. Yes. Yeah. And I think also when we say the word platform, I just want people to know every single person has a platform. Every single person has a network. And so don't allow yourself to be discouraged if you don't have a huge following because you have a network of people in your life that can make an impact. Have you found that your network Dallas has helped you or has it been more outward and just like, I guess, more external growth? Yeah, it's, I think it's been definitely like a slow momentum. It's been, you know, people that I, that I know who knew that I was a writer. And then like you were saying, people saying, oh, you should start a blog. Then it means, maybe you should, you have something to share. For me, Mm -hmm. I've been a writer for a long time and I had different people coming to me and saying, do you help other people? Like, I want to write a book. Can you help me write a book? How do I write a book? And so that is how I ended up becoming a book coach as well is just just sort of, I guess, organically might be a nice word to describe it where it just Mm. popped up here and there with different people. And then I would work with one person and they would say, oh, I know this other person who wants to write a book. And So yeah, I mean, I love what you said. I think of platform as also just being not just on social media, but in your own personal life, the people that you see every day. I think even just Mm -hmm. the energy that you bring to the world, like the people that you interact with as you're going about your day, I I kind of feel like that's all related to like this idea of your, your platform is who you have an impact on and an influence over just as you go about your daily life. Yeah. What was your success moment? Like at which point did you think, wow, I think I'm making it or wow, I think I'm doing what I was meant to be doing. And how did you get to that point? It's so funny because I, sometimes I, I still feel like, oh, I don't know if I've, you know, gotten there. And I think 
I think a large part of that is that we're always setting new goals and striving for new heights. And so when I think back to myself as a little girl, I always wanted to be a writer and I always wanted to publish books and share my story. And so when I think back when I was a little girl, like I would have said, oh my gosh, I got published in Chicken Soup for the Soul. Like, okay, I've made it, you know, but then that happened and I wanted something else. So I would say, um, I think it's always whatever I'm working on at the moment is, is what I feel most excited about and what kind of makes me feel like I, you know, I've made it, I've, I've done what I wanted to do. And so right now that would be, um, I have my first novel that's coming out in April. Yay, good so for I'm, you. Oh, thank you. I'm really excited about it. And I've been working on it for a long time. So I definitely learned from that process just to not give up. If, if you have a dream in your heart and you work on it for a long time, and even if it, you, you just feel like, I don't know if this is ever going to happen. I feel mm-hmm. discouraged just to keep trying because you never know when, you know, that next time you get back up and try again, like that could be the time that you finally succeed with what you've been working on. Mm-hmm. My sister-in-law, she wrote a novel recently. It's the first book of a trilogy um, called The Forest of Arrows. And she has had so many cool opportunities. Like she's been doing signings at Barnes and Noble. And this was her first. She's never had any sort of writing experience, anything at all. But she's also had a lot of no's. And she's learned so much through that. And it's just been really admirable to watch and just really inspirational for me to see um, at how she handles it head on. Like she runs toward that goal and she knows that she's doing the best that she can, but there are going to be those no's and she's going to battle, you know, the discouragement. She's going to battle the low points, but then there are also those peaks and those mountaintops that she's able to to stay kind of on, I guess, and like just sit there and remember, okay, this is good. And there are good moments, but there are going to be hard. But I love that you had mentioned, I thought I had made it, but then I wanted more. And I think that's so common for us as just human beings to just get to that point and then be like, okay, but now what? And now I want more. But also thinking, I could never get there. Like that seems like a really cool goal. And even though I've done so well in this, I could never get there. And so can you talk a little bit, Dallas, about what imposter syndrome is? Because I love that phrase. I think it's really pertinent in our world and how we can battle imposter syndrome in our own lives. Yes. Yeah. Imposter syndrome to me, the way that I define it is when we have that little voice in our head that makes us feel like we're an imposter in some way. So that tells us, you know, oh, maybe other people can do that, but you can't do that. Or, you know, who do you think you are? Or why do you think that you could be the one to do that? And sometimes that voice in our head can be really mean. And I think that we have to work on being conscious of what those thoughts are that we are telling ourselves and then try try to speak back to that bully in our head. And something that works well for me is to remind myself, like you were touching on, remind myself of all of the things that I've been through in the past, like like all of those different mountain peaks that I've been able to ascend in the past and kind of give myself the confidence that, you know, well, I've done this in the past. So yes, this is a new challenge that I'm taking on, but here is what I'm bringing with me, you know, to help me succeed in this. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then again, I've mentioned this before, but I still think it's it's really relevant to this as well, trying to 
tap down inside yourself and think, well, why am I doing this? Like, who do I want to help? Who do I want to serve with this? And then also, I mean, for me, it really helps just to try to center myself as as a listener. I don't know whoever's listening, if, if you're someone who prays, but doing that I found can also really help get those those voices inside of your head that are trying to tell you that you're not you're not enough and you're not good enough for me really reaching outside of myself again and again I, you can really get those those imposter voices to to quiet down in your head mm-hmm. yeah and i think so much of it is just is truly knowing who you are and knowing whose you are and like how can you continue on if we allow the lies to just sit in our minds as you're not enough you're not going to get here and granted we have our shortcomings we've all fall short and so we have to remember what is our identity what is our foundation and if we continue to go back to that place i think in that we're able to say okay like for me i'm like lord i know I am yours. I know that I know you are real and that you have me in the palm of your hand and that you created me to be Lindsay. Like that is fully who I am. And I have so much peace in that. And having the ability, I think, to step back and just say, okay, that is enough. That even when I fall short, that is my foundation. Um, And the technical definition of imposter syndrome, and I know this, you guys, because I have struggled with this so much in my own life. Imposter syndrome is basically a psychological pattern in our minds in which we doubt our accomplishments or we have a persistent um, internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. And so what that has looked like in my life (laughs) is basically just constantly feeling like I don't deserve a seat at the table. We feel, especially as women, I think women experience this more often. It's this nagging feeling that we aren't good enough, that we don't belong, that we don't deserve that job or that promotion. And for me, and I think for a lot of people, it's that feeling of, I'm just going to get found out (laughs) eventually. I'm going to get found out that I don't know what I'm talking about, or I'm not fit for this position, or no matter how hard you've worked, no matter how high up you are, we can face and deal with this imposter syndrome. And a lot of the time, we can also struggle with devaluing our worth. This comes with a lot of entrepreneurs. A lot of entrepreneurs will give really low price points to people because they don't feel like their worth is valuable or that someone is willing to pay what they ask. And I would love to do a whole podcast on this, you guys, but during my blogging process, I did that a lot. I really devalued my worth, even though I knew other bloggers were asking such and such amount. I did not feel like I could even think to ask that. But honestly, it wasn't until I started asking those prices that people started valuing me because they thought, no, she has something to add to the table. And some ways that we can fight and overcome that um, are to break the silence. And I think a lot of that just comes up with talking to someone who may be a boss or maybe a coworker and just saying, I don't even feel like I belong here. If you're in the online world, I mean, there's so many people you can talk with who are in the same scenario and would probably tell you, yeah, neither do I. <laughs> I don't feel like I belong here either. And I think saying it out loud can be really helpful. Separate feelings from fact. If you're in a position that is successful, if you're doing well, if you're growing and if you've been given a position or if you've been given a job or if you know that you have been given this gift from God, then separate those feelings of the imposter syndrome from the truth and remember what the truth is. 
Um, also, you can find times when you feel the most fraudulent. What are those things that cause you to feel like a fraud? And maybe that's just an area that you need to grow in. Maybe you need to study more, research more, dig in and, and just fine tune your gifts, fine tune your expertise so that you don't feel that way as often. And then another one <laughs> to fake it till you make it, you guys, I think so much of what we do in this world Um, If we're willing to jump into something, we're not expected to know every single detail of that position or that job or that business right off the bat. That's just not realistic for us to do. And so fake it till you make it. Just work. And like I said before, research, study so that you understand what that is. And then ultimately, and this has helped me so much, just change the conversation in your mind. Don't allow yourself to get so stuck up in your head that you begin believing the lies. You need to focus on truth gospel truth, who Jesus says that you are, that he loves you, that he's given you a gifting and a calling, and he's given you an opportunity to use it. And the more confidence you find in that and the more ability that you have to like, I'm going to just jump into this and I'm going to do this, the better off you're going to be. And so don't allow yourself to live in that imposter syndrome. You have to really try to fight it because I think so much of that impacts our confidence and it becomes this toxic thought pattern where we then believe we don't belong there. And so maybe we stop working as hard. We stop investing ourselves. And I can say on my Instagram, this is something that has really affected me because the algorithm changed and Instagram stories started after I started Instagram, which is crazy, but Instagram stories started. And so people stopped scrolling through the Instagram feeds and then they, the algorithm changed. And so people weren't seeing my posts as often. And so the engagement I was getting when I had like 6,000 followers was similar to the engagement I got when I had like 20,000 followers. And now it's like followers don't even grow. And all of the bloggers that I started with around the same time, a lot of them are just stuck like me, like we're just stuck. And so for me, it really discouraged me a lot. And I started taking more breaks and I've really not posted as much. Um, I do love podcasting so much. And so most of my time goes here, but there's just that piece of me. It's like, oh, okay, other people are growing. And so I'm just going to take a step back because obviously I'm doing something wrong. Obviously I don't belong in this space, but instead of allowing that insecurity and intimidation to affect me and impact me in a negative way, I should have twisted the conversation and I should still twist the conversation in my mind to, okay, what am I going to do differently? What am I going to do that will make an impact and that will help me to grow, not for the sake of numbers, but for the sake of ministry. And then of course, for business, the numbers help when it comes to collaborations and things like that. But I think the biggest thing you guys and and what we've been talking about this whole time is like just not getting in our own way. And a lot of that comes from the dialogue that we have in our own minds. I love that too. You expressed it so beautifully. Exactly. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Alice. So, okay. My last question, just to kind of get us out of our heads as especially women, I think we are so in our heads sometimes and we really battle this. And so can you share a few perception shifts that can help us to stop procrastinating, stop making those excuses or justifications and finally pursue whatever that one dream is that we just can't get out of our minds? Yes. I'll give some kind of just small, like tangible tips that, that people can try. So, um, yes, one I'd thing, one perception shift that I, that I hear a lot, people say, you know, I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. And you really don't need all the time mm-hmm. in the world. You don't, you don't need hours upon hours to pursue 
whatever your dream is, you just need like little chunks of time um, can really add up to a lot. So let's say your dream is to write a book. Sometimes your mind can trick you into thinking, oh, well, if I want, you know, to get started writing, I need a four hour chunk of time and I need, you know, this specific, um, you know, fancy coffee and I need all these things. But <laughs> yes, if you can just trick your brain, if maybe you get, you get a little notebook that you keep in your purse or you just open up your, your phone even and write a note to yourself or your laptop. And you, if you just set your timer for like 10 minutes, and just started writing without any distractions, like you're not on social media, you're not texting someone, you're just focusing on your your goal of writing. I think you'd be really amazed how much you're able to get done, even in just that small chunk of time of like 10 or 15 minutes. So no matter what your goal is, I remember when I was in high school, Mm -hmm. I played basketball and I had a goal of being a very excellent free throw shooter. When I got fouled, I wanted to be very confident that I could like make the free throw. And so I would just spend like two minutes Mm -hmm. before school every day shooting like five to 10 free throws. And it really added up so much. Like I became such a good free throw shooter. Um, So I think consistency is so much more important than um, really builds up a good habit. Mm -hmm. And then also just one other small perception shift that has really helped me in the way that I see my time pursuing my goals is just to think of it as time that you're carving out for yourself. So I'm guessing that everyone listening to this does a lot for a lot of other people in their lives, whether it's your family, your friends, your children, your partner. And if you have this dream in your heart that you want to pursue, you know, that is something that is exciting that it's, you know, it's something for yourself that will really make you feel more confident and like you're helping to pursue what your purpose is. And so thinking about however much time you're able to carve out to do that, instead of feeling guilty about it, you know, thinking this is some self-care, this is something that you are doing to nurture yourself so that you can show up for the other people in your life the best that you can. So I think that perception shift can help a lot if you feel maybe guilty for carving out that time for yourself. Just try to remind yourself how important it is to nurture you so that you can also nurture other people. Oh, so cool. Well, thank you, Dallas. Can you let everyone know how they can find you, where they can find your social media pages and your books? Yes, definitely. And I would love to connect with anyone listening. If you have any questions about publishing or submitting your work or writing a book, please reach out to me. My Instagram is my name, Dallas, like the city in Texas, uh, Woodburn, W-O-O-D-B-U-R-N, author. And see, I'm also on Facebook at Writer Dallas, and my website mm-hmm. is dallaswoodburnauthor.com. I would love for you guys to share this episode. Let us know what you gained, what you learned. Tag Dallas and then also tag the Living Easy Podcast and let us know how it impacted you. Let us know what your dreams are, what you're pursuing. And if you read Chicken Soup for the Soul as a teenager, because I know we both did and we loved it. So thank you all so much. Take a second to subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't already. This helps us to continue getting amazing interviewees like Dallas and also just to keep on keeping on as a mama and a podcaster. Thank you all so much for listening. I love you. Have a good day. If you enjoyed this episode, the best thank you you could ever offer is to share the love. The simple act of taking a quick screenshot of the episode and tagging at living easy podcast 
makes such a huge difference in this journey. If you're impacted, someone else might be too, so don't hesitate to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. Also, if you haven't already, please do scroll down from this episode to give a star rating and quick review for the podcast. It only takes a minute, but the impact is huge. Thank you all so much for your support. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram at livingeasypodcast and at lindsay.myestis. Love you guys.